Tonight, we discuss an attraction that was mentioned in American Horror Story. In the first episode of the fifth season, Vendella and Agnetha, two Swedish girls who check into the hotel in the first episode, mentioned their excitement to go to this attraction. It is then again mentioned in the sixth episode of the season when the girls ask Donovan to show them to the attraction's line. What could I be talking about? Who knows? You'll have to stay tuned to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is the happiest John on Earth. And together we're Henry and the happiest John on Earth coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of our vacation in order to make the world better for those who go on them. That's right, only for people who go on vacations. If you thought other episodes we've had uh, were perhaps uh, out of touch in some way, prepare for a doozy because we're mostly just going to talk about a shared week-long vacation we went on that caused us to miss an episode. Yeah, it caused us to miss an episode, and, and beyond that, we honestly don't really know what's going on in the world today. I tried to look into it, and all I saw was uh, Eric Trump Jr. tweeting about Joe Biden's erections. I saw that for one second and decided, maybe I'll wait for something bigger to happen. Yeah, you know, sometimes you cast that news line out and you reel in a boot, but one day we're going to get a fresh grouper on that thing. One day indeed, but until then, uh, John and I went on a podcast retreat to the mecca of themed parks, if you will. That's right, Orlando, Florida. Yes, we uh, we took a roughly week-long vacation, uh, five days uh to the the flat flat swamp of orlando florida as everyone who's listened to the podcast knows every five years we take a podcast sabbatical (laughs) uh and this podcast sabbatical was to beautiful orlando florida home of oh please it's a chance to recharge and to reinvigorate ourselves to hit this podcast as hard as we can with the most hard-hitting news we can think of. Because Yeah, I mean, you, you know those friends who, like, work freelance jobs or make their money in untraditional ways, and they say they caught a bug around Christmas, and then they just didn't work for seven weeks because of this bug they caught? That's kind of what we're doing, except we have a limited amount of time we can take off from work. Yeah, very limited indeed. Only, only took off... Four, four days of work. Um, I, look, let's not talk about how we got to take the vacation. Um, yeah, we're, we're lucky enough in that we were able yeah. to take it at all. And uh, if you remember from, I believe, our most recent episode talking about the big game, we talked about the, the waning hold of uh, established brands on consumers in the current late stage capitalist environment and uh i have to walk back everything i said because i was in the heart of one of the biggest if not the biggest brand on earth and i loved it i loved every second of it uh i have to eat some capitalist crow myself because boy golly gee my famous catchphrase (laughs) 
boy, ju- boy, golly gee, was Disney one of the best vacations I've ever had. Uh, it was just fun from top to bottom. Don't show me the credit card receipts, please. I shan't look at them. Uh, yeah, man. I uh, at, at some point, I just remembered I had Apple Pay and I could just tap my phone anywhere I wanted to buy some little treat or trinket. And I'm really just not looking at my credit card statement for a few days just to um, just to assume that the trip was free. But yes, we indeed went to uh, Disney World and uh, Universal Studios. But I have, I think I last went to Disney like six years ago, seven years ago. I'm by no means a Disney adult. But I think that if you were to corner me and convince me that capitalism is good and works, uh, your easiest inroad would be in taking me to a theme park because I love theme parks and nobody does it better than the mouse. Uh, I've never been to Disneyland, but Disney World in itself, just truly incredible. Yeah, and I went last year and uh, we don't consider ourselves Disney adults because we don't we don't know all like the tips and tricks to get a special thing and like, you know, we, we mainly just go and mind our own business. We're not trying to like do all of the stuff or whatever. But uh, even having been so recently as last year, it was a phenomenal time this year to 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 take a chiller approach to the the Disney the Disney trip and just let things happen and experience all the stuff that the park caters directly to you. Yeah, it's really fun to go to Disney in a way that, like, I don't know. The the nice thing about going to Disney is that when it's working well, everything is going in your favor. I imagine that changes when you have kids because you have, like, major X-Factors running around. Right. I don't know how to deal with the rogue variables of kids. But as an adult, you can, let's say, walk around the uh, National Pavilions in Epcot and... You try to remember, uh, you know, there's something about sight lines in Disney. Like, sight lines are very well considered. And maybe we'll talk about sight lines a little bit more because they're my favorite thing about Disney. But if you're in, let's say, the Morocco Pavilion, and then you think, well, if I'm here in the Morocco Pavilion, if I turn around, I should be able to see the Tower of Terror, right? Right. Like, it's close enough. So I bet if I turn around, I'll see a little bit of Tower of Terror peeking through Morocco, get a little cross-park experience. And then you realize that they painted and decorated the back of the Tower of Terror to look like a building in Morocco, since it's the only place you can see it from in the country pavilions. So it just blends into the background. It's amazing. Every single small detail you can think of has been thought of and addressed. It's the only place... It's like, I'm going to coin a term right here. <laughs> it's it's conscious capitalism. It's not sparing expenses to try to make the most profit possible. It's considering the totality of the experience in order to make as memorable an experience as possible and then charging exorbitantly for that experience like it's it's capitalism working well instead of trying to cut bottom lines and 
cut costs to make the most pro- squeeze the most profit out of something. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone's going to get something different out of it, and theme parks aren't for everyone, and I respect that. But, like, it does feel like it comes from a different place where I think in our day-to-day, let's go to Amazon Prime Video, right? Okay. Uh, Amazon Prime Video, for the same service you've been paying for forever, uh, introduced ads. They just took something away from you, right? They just right. made something that you were already paying for worse. And uh, Cory Doctorow uh, coined the term inshitification when talking about <laughs> Google. But, but I think the inshitification is a central aspect of modern day capitalism in the subscription model where when you're already a sticky user because you're already paying for a subscription and probably pretty reliant on the service things just keep getting worse and i think that disney is an example of this kind of shotgun capitalism that existed in the 60s through about the 90s where it would cost a lot of money and you'd go there but you'd be like i get it actually it it would be this like baroque totally opulent capitalism that's meant to make you feel like you got your money's worth and as expensive and arguably pointless as disney is it really makes you feel like you're getting your money's worth while you're there oh absolutely yeah it feels like yes the prices are high but i'm having a good time the experience is catered to me feels like i'm getting it's not like netflix stepping up their prices every year while having less content like it's yeah you have to pay for more stuff at disney yeah the lightning lane system kind of sucks but i can walk in a park and walk directly onto a ride within minutes of arriving at the park and that makes me feel special yeah i mean we woke up Went to Hollywood Studios, which we're going to talk about Hollywood Studios a lot. For the rest of uh, the episode. But we went to Hollywood Studios and we just walked onto Star Tours. And I was like, this is this is worth the price of admission. <laughs> like we walked into a cool place. We walked onto a very cool ride. We got to see the big ad at. It was great. Absolutely. Yeah. And it felt kind of special because like you walk in, boom, you're on a ride. It's like, what? I didn't have to wait in line. Then we got off that ride and got on another ride. And then we got off that ride and walked on to another ride. It was like, boom, bang, boom. We oh, the, the, Hollywood stu- the Hollywood Studios morning was incredible. Because yeah, like, we, we got all the big ones out of the way immediately. Yeah, we did all the rides we kind of wanted to ride. And it's just like, we got the rest of the day to just bum around this park and do whatever we want. This is great. And I believe Hollywood Studios, this is a great example of how Disney makes you feel like you're being cared for. And I... To be totally clear, if I haven't talked about Disney World in the past, I love Disney World, so I'm going to talk very effusively about it. But Disney makes you feel cared for, and this is, I think the the first time I really felt that on this trip was Hollywood Studios. You and your wife had gone to your anniversary dinner uh, at the Brown Derby, and I am so jealous because I want to go to the Brown Derby so bad, even though the food is mid. You'll have to go back. I know, and I will go back. Uh, But we and two of our friends, that's right, three couples went on this trip. 
uh, we decided to go to the sci-fi drive-in, which uh, for the meal had a child that was screaming louder than I've ever heard in the car next to us. So the meal uh, definitely could have been better. But when we were walking over, it started pretty torrentially raining, which I think you experienced as well. Oh, yeah, we got drenched. It was great. And uh, when we walked in, we went to the sci-fi diner early because it's inside and we wanted some refuge from the rain. And as great as Disney is, there's not a lot of like overhead cover to protect you from rain. So it's you have to walk a pretty long way to get anywhere. Our friends were in their sad little ponchos. I was trying to keep my exorbitantly expensive Star Wars robe out of the rain because I didn't know (laughs) what the rain would do to it. True. And uh, we were sitting in the sci-fi diner. It was and it was packed. The room was full of people who were just very uh, wet and anxious and kind of angry because at the end of the day, it decided to rain on them. They didn't know how long it would last. And I think sensing that it was a room full of pretty annoyed people, they sent someone in to administer trivia to the room. And nobody was listening at first. No one cared (laughs) because everyone was mad. But then we started answering questions to have fun because this person was struggling, Uh, which also, if you've ever done comedy and you've seen someone really dying, you want to help them out in whatever way you can. So we decided to answer some of the softball questions. The crowd got locked in. And within mere minutes, the entire room that was full of wet, angry people was full of people trying to remember the name of the king and brave. Uh, and everyone forgot they were wet and miserable and that they were waiting for a late reservation. It was great. Instead, they were wet, wet and miserable and, and couldn't remember the name of the king from brave, which we all know is, of course, King Brave. <laughs> yes, King Brave and Queen Brave and yep. Disney Princess Brave. Yep. Uh, someone, did, a child got very mad at me, which was very funny. I don't think I told you this. Uh, there was a kid sitting next to us and the question was, who, who is Luke Skywalker's father? Total softball, right? Yeah, everyone knows. The kid said Darth Vader and then the person ministering the quiz went to turn to them and say, correct. And I said, Anakin Skywalker. And then she she stopped turning to the kid and turned to me and said, actually, that is that is more more correct. correct." Um, And the kid was like, he's Darth Vader. Too, and like looked at me with utter hate in his eyes <laughs> i will kill you i'm like sorry kid mine was more right that's funny that's hilarious that kid learned a lesson that day disney's not catered to all of you it it does not and this person seemed i don't know they they administered that trivia with a with an iron hand but i just really appreciated that uh and then like i said the dinner wasn't great because of the screaming child which is a reality at disney you just kind of have to accept yep there are kids everywhere they're gonna touch the back of your leg that's gonna happen (laughs) multiple times sometimes uh when you're in line a child will think you're their parent and then like hug your leg and look up at you and you're like i don't know how to navigate the situation so you wave and look around for their parents being like help 
Help. Help. Call your, I don't, I don't want to own this child now. Please take it away from me. Sometimes a kid will wander off and join your group multiple times. Oh yeah. It seems as though the kid doesn't belong to anyone. And then I start panicking because like there's a lost kid here. And then though it turns out the group in front of them, in front of us, uh, that's their kid and they just weren't watching. Uh, Maybe sometimes you'll be in universal studios walking back from the bathroom and you'll lock eyes with i don't know an 18 month old a two-year-old some subverbal child and they'll see you and you'll wave at them because like they're small and they're waving you and then they start like toddling toward you no and you're like no 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 don't come toward me you're a <laughs> you're walking away from your parents and then the the kid will fall down and hit its head on the ground and start crying and the parents will pick the child up and scowl at you like i didn't do that why'd you knock that kid down john i i just wait i i didn't beckon the kid over and anticipate that he would fall down i'm not some svengali of this kid hitting his head it's really rude of you to have knocked that child down. Yeah, I used the force. <laughs> oh, were you in I, Hollywood Studios? I was in Hollywood Studios. I don't even know where to start talking about our dumb, lavish Disney vacation. I feel almost guilty talking about it. Well, let's start with what I teed up at the beginning of the episode, because I feel like that's a good place to start. Because uh, in addition to Disney, we went to Orlando Studios. That's not what it's called. Stop calling it that. Thank you. Note received. Universal Studios Orlando. Mm-hmm. A theme park I hadn't been in decades that was unrecognizable to me until I got onto the E.T. ride and had rushing flashbacks of my entire childhood and all the trauma there. And, but... That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about I finally got the chance to ride the Fast and Furious Supercharged Ride. The very same ride that was mentioned in American Horror Story Season 5. Wait, really? Apparently. Wow, I thought it was going to be Tower of Terror or something. No, Vendella and Agnetha, two Swedish girls asked about it by name amazing yes so i finally got to experience fast and furious supercharged and all its glory i got to see the pre-show and then the pre pre-show and then stand okay, in the I, I long think, I think line. We, we, we gotta the... talk about it we got there's there's multiple actors in Fast and Furious Supercharged. Now, of course, I am an old hand at Fast and Furious Supercharged, having gone the last time I went to Orlando in 2018, shortly after the ride opened, I believe. Uh, it opened in 2015. Short, Shortly in terms oh, of... Oh, that's Hollywood. Degrees. That's Hollywood. No, that's Hollywood. You went to Florida. It opened in 2018. Yeah, shortly after the ride opened, I went... The line was... Uh, the line was quite long, and I couldn't help but notice that the line to get into Fast and Furious Supercharged was very short this time. Yeah, we practically walked on despite... Well, we walked on to the pre-pre-show, I must say. The, the, we could just dissect the line portion of this ride for hours, but let's not. 
just know that a lot of the props that they had set up are gone now. There's just an empty bucket outside on a on a on a picnic table with just mustard on it that John claims at one time the bucket had corona in it. I am pretty sure there were fake coronas out there because that table <laughs> looks super dusty and empty for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's fenced off. You can't get to it. There's a water fountain. You also cannot get to a weird note about Orlando. They have a lot of like chunks of line that are no longer needed because we're way past opening day of the ride. And so thousands of people aren't trying to get on the ride. I don't know. That's what it's interesting. Cause Disney, when they open new rides, will do temporary lines uh but orlando apparently just builds things out as far as humanly possible we got a um we got a tour of the harry potter forbidden journey or whatever it's called no no no. we got to go escape from gringotts don't get it twisted we got a, a tour of escape from gringotts and we walked through dozens upon dozens of totally empty permanent lines that are arranged around like real set pieces from the movie probably never to be used again right and uh yeah this fast and furious supercharged ride is no exception just miles of line around like a whole garage set piece that you just breeze past because there's no one standing in front of you Mm -hmm. because you got to get to the pre pre show yeah you have to get to the first live actor segment uh where someone is interrupted by mia toretto before you enter into the second line segment right A, a mechanic who did not want to be there at all was interrupted by Mia Toretto. I don't even, I don't remember the story of this ride. <laughs> okay, this, the, I'll tell you the story. Uh, Dom won a new car in a street race. So everyone's going to, I think, Russell's garage or something to celebrate at a street racer party. And you are invited. Awesome. I did it. And then, of course, you find out that uh, someone in your bus is like an informant. And then Owen Shaw, you know, a classic villain that's still relevant to this day in the franchise, uh, is coming to get you. Great. Also, um, there's a... I don't want to get too far ahead, um, but this ride is a very... It's it's rotten with the Pepper's ghost illusion, a la Haunted Mansion, to project uh, fake characters. And at some point, a fake character of Vin Diesel says, Driver, move that vehicle. There's no driver. There's no driver in the vehicles. There's no. no... They did not put in any sort of mannequin or anything. Not anything that moves. It's... Spoiler alert, the ride is disappointing. Let's just get to it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. The ride isn't good. It's not a good ride. I hate it. I don't like it. I pretended to like it the day of. I don't like it. Why? Oh, it's it's so bad. It's it's widely regarded as the worst ride at Universal. Uh, it is rumored that guest satisfaction scores are higher on the days when the ride does not operate at all. Uh, so it is 
you are not alone in disliking it. And from what I understand, some of the live actors in the actor segments know this and have started to ad-lib jokes about how bad the ride is uh, because it, it has a reputation that precedes it. I mean, this is a ride that Universal Creative Senior Vice President and CCO Thierry Coop admitted that the approval of the Florida attraction to be the biggest mistake of his career. Amazing. It's, and I can't even really begin to describe what makes it so bad. Uh, like, other than, okay, the two pre shows, get rid of them. <laughs> I don't care. Uh-huh. I don't care that we're going to a party and then we get interrupted because the FBI is going to track us or whatever. Like, Ludacris and uh, Jordana Brewster, like, they're bringing movie-level acting. Like, they're not phoning it in, which I can appreciate. Like, the at least those two, who only exist in the Orlando version of the ride, are doing yeah. a good job. Whereas uh, the the other actors who are pulled in for the weird, for, first for the Pepper's Ghost illusions, and then for the weird wraparound U screen that goes around the bus, uh, those actors are giving some of the worst performances of their lives, particularly in Vin Diesel. Uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's uh, performance, I'd like to call uh, sedated and reading off cue cards. Yeah, absolutely. He's... Sh- he showed up maybe for an hour of filming and very quickly obviously becomes a CGI version of himself. And all of this sort of is cemented or, or climaxes in the moment where he jumps onto a helicopter and hangs from it. And the helicopter goes from the right side of the bus to the left side of the bus. Uh-huh. So have- By the way, he is about the size of the helicopter. Like the scale is all yeah. messed up, and he's he's as big as the helicopter is. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's my favorite thing about the ride is that in a franchise known for fast cars and furious fights, the ride moves maybe at a speed of perhaps 25 miles an hour if that yeah and i don't even know i don't even know if the ride truly moves like it's a simulator right well there's there's got to be some track because there there are uh three to four vehicles running at one time oh okay yes and we do in fact, move away from the loading zone to get to like that first screen. Okay. But I do think maybe there are like three screen segments or something like that where they could like pull people into. Because you're right. How much of that ride are we actually moving in? That is a great question because very soon screens come alongside you showing you that, hey, you're moving and maybe they blow air on your face. It could be very easy to simulate. But the point is, the the bus itself doesn't move that fast. And to me, absolutely, to me, that's the biggest sin you can do. Yeah, to not put you in a fast. I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. If you're going to make a Fast and Furious ride, make it like a drifting themed roller coaster. 
Right. That would be cool. Make it like the first roller coaster that when you take a big corner, like the individual cars like turn slightly like a car that's drifting. Do that. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, let's put this into perspective. The Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster features a premise that we show up for a recording session of Aerosmith. Turns out there's a special secret VIP party, and we got to get there quick. Kind of sounds like a similar premise, right? Yeah. You get in the limo, and then the limo takes off at 60 miles per hour. Like, you go 0 to 60 in, like, two seconds, and you speed off and go into a rock and roller coaster. The band Aerosmith has a ride where you get in a car and it goes faster than you ever go in the Fast and Furious ride. Let, let with, that with functionally the same story. It's it's the same. The band it's just two Aerosmith. different executions. The band Aerosmith pulled off Fast and Furious years before this ride existed and harder than Fast and Furious did. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, rock and roller coaster is great. Leaves me thunderstruck. Um, leaves me not wanting to miss a thing. Um, I just don't. I don't get how you mishandle a property so badly. There is huge news though for uh, people who care about our coverage of the FACU because. This is the first kind of 4D verite experience we've had with the Fast and Furious universe. We were in it, would you agree? Yeah, we were in it. Uh, Tej, Mia, Dom, everybody, Agent Novak, who is a creation specifically for this ride, Roman Pierce, they all talked to us, right? Yeah, we're part of the familia now. We're part of the familia now, is what I'm saying. They, Mia promised it, Dom told us. So I I think if enough people ride this ride, there's nothing we can't do. Because if you and me find someone else who rode this ride, nothing can stop us. Because if you get two members of the familia together, that's a family. Ohana means family, and nothing can stop them. At a certain point, it st- sounds like you started reading fortune cookies. Huh? It sounded like you just started reading platitudes about family. <laughs> if you get us together, nothing can stop us. Would you like a second fortune? Go to mysecondfortune.com. When you get us together in this house, we're a family. At Olive Garden, we're a family. That's right. Oh my god, is the Fast and Familia Hospitaliano? Oh boy, is it. Uh, just, the whole thing is dumb. Yeah, horrible ride. Horrible ride top to bottom. Did you know? Did you? Here's the thing. In a park where you have. There's a moment, and I'm going to be pedantic about this. There's a moment where Owen Shaw shoots the ceiling with a flamethrower, and the ride uh, tepidly puffs hot air on you. Yeah. Right? There's a. There's a moment where you, like, break some glass, and then it, like, does a little sprinkle of water on you, right? Oh, multiple times. Every time a car crashes, water is thrown specifically on the people in the second row center. (laughs) Yes, you get the worst of it for sure. Every time a car crashed. Were these cars made of water? (laughs) 
What I don't get is this is in a park with the mummy. A ride in which they set the ceiling on fire and you can feel the heat. And it's it's awesome and super immersive. It is my favorite thing in any ride ever. Because yeah. you look up and literally the whole ceiling is actually on fire in the mummy and the mummy has breaking glass and getting sprayed with water way more believable than fast and furious the mummy yeah. does everything how come they can't learn from the mummy i yeah i don't get it um because the mummy is a phenomenal ride it pulls one of the, the the craziest tricks i've ever seen a ride pull it does it in an over-the-top cheesy way but it was still super appreciated where it seems as though the ride is over, but then oh no, it's not over. It's that it's was a awesome. ride with a it's a ride with a genuine fake out right before the craziest sequence in the whole ride. It's amazing. Uh, oh, mummy's great. And, Why can't they learn from that? Right, and that l l let's look up uh, the mummy's revenge ride came out. Uh, let's spell revenge ride. Um, Revenge of the Mummy, sorry. That came out in uh, 2000. That's Singapore, you idiot. 2004. Yeah. Now, granted, it's had some updates, but the ceiling on fire, the fake out, the broken glass, it's been there all along. Right. It, it did get retooled, apparently, at some point. I don't know. I don't know when. This, the Wikipedia page don't got it. But, impossible uh, to know. Impossible to tell, but it still holds up. It's still good, and it's still better than the Fast and Furious ride. Here's what you do. The here here's what it is. You copy from the Mummy. You are being hunted down by Owen Shaw. Keep the screens if you must. Keep some screens. But you're like at this. You're going to this party. You're all in your cars. Your little car is a, like a replica from Fast and Furious. It's actually a roller coaster cart. Yeah, you're going through a screen shows Owen Shaw suddenly showing up, hits the ceiling with the flamethrower. The actual ceiling catches on fire and Vin Diesel's like, we got to hit it. The floor drops out from under you. You're on a crazy fast and furious dark coaster. It does the drifting thing I discussed earlier. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so cool. Why not just make it a roller coaster? Like just yeah. add that element, make and a ride. With the words Fast and Furious in it, I get that it's the franchise name, but I would expect the ride to be Fast and or Furious, and this was neither. It's a trackless ride, and you the, the thing that you should be able to do with trackless rides is make them do, like, crazy things, like in Rise of the Resistance or Remy's Ratatouille Adventure or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, but it does do... nothing interesting with that technology. It's just that we, we could talk about how disappointing Even... this ride is forever. Even the Spider-Man ride is <laughs> arguably more fast and more furious, and it's the literally the same technology on a smaller cart. <laughs> the Hobgoblin throws a bomb at you, and then a wall explodes in fire in the Spider-Man ride. The Spider-Man ride rules. It does. Like, if you were going to make that sort of, like, dark ride, simulated scream sort of interaction... You have a ride that already does that way better. You gotta do something else. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I mean, I don't really like screen rides that much to begin with. To be totally honest with you, right? Uh, but you you could do you could and, do something yeah. with it. 
And I know you, you didn't ride um, Forbidden Journey, the other, or Minecart Mayhem. No, sorry, Escape from Escape from Green Guts. You didn't ride either of these rides because of your motion sickness, and you were right to not ride them. But they already mix roller coaster carts with screen interaction. They already do it. It's already possible. The footprints are huge. I will give you that. It is a much bigger and more involved ride. And it, they're for a property that's way more popular and, and makes way more money than Fast and Furious. I get all that. But the point is, they iterated and they did that for those franchises. So you need to shut your little shop down, Mr. Fast and Furious, and do anything else. Yeah, I mean, there are rumors that they are building a Fast and Furious-themed roller coaster in the future. We'll see if that happens. Uh, pretty late in the franchise to be doing that, but hey, it's 20 years later and people still ride The Mummy, and I don't think anyone cares about The Mummy. Yeah, I mean, The Mummy is one of the one of the greatest 90s action movies we ever got. Oh, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Brent, and and uh, Brendan Fraser dead canonically in the in the universe of the yep. mummy according to the mummy ride killed by the mummy killed by the mummy it turns out which is cool it's very cool that he was killed by the mummy i think we have to get off of fast and furious supercharged i sure want to uh i did when i was on the ride let me tell you oh i wanted uh even the promotional like image for this fucking ride has been diesel holding a helicopter but not by the railing like he's straddling the wings of the fucking helicopter <laughs> fascinating i just i he's I don't bigger than the helicopter i mean he's he's 30 feet tall uh oh. which also a lot of in universal i know it's to make it so you can see them but all the peppers ghost illusions make it look like everyone's 12 feet tall yeah there's a moment in uh the forbidden journey ride for harry potter where you know the trio comes in and they say hey we're gonna steal you away before this boring lecture but yeah based on perspective and how big they are from a distance they are about eight to nine feet tall yeah they're, they're giants they are like giants. It, their heads are huge it's pretty great all right yeah, Orlando was fine. It has a lot to offer for people, I guess. I it was the weakest day for me. And also, this has nothing to do with the park, but I got a huge headache and I had to sit down for like an hour and just kind of fall asleep while wizards danced on a stage. That's not the park's fault. That's just what happened. Yeah, I guess the um I guess the highlight of Universal for me was eating the first like good theme park food I can remember in that overpriced Greek restaurant. Uh, and then all the food was like pretty good from there on out. Magic Kingdom food. Boo. <laughs> Thumbs they, down. It was a very low food day for me, but Mythos was good. Yeah, they uh Magic Kingdom has an update to their food menus like in forever. It, I feel like it's that entire park is fueled entirely by nostalgia. Um and that's that's it. I'm going to say keep the Mickey pretzels, keep the churros, keep the Mickey ice cream, keep the frozen banana, change everything else. Yeah. I mean, keep yeah. the Dole Whip. The only other thing is that um, the Magic Kingdom has the cheapest food, te technically. Oh, does it? Yeah, I'd believe that. Yeah, my chicken sandwich is like 12 bucks. That's like 
cheap. For, that's a bargain, man. Yeah. That's as much as a uh, that's as much as a uh, high ally IPA <laughs> in uh, in any other park. Yep. It yeah. It's also the man. only park where you can't get drinks unless you go to like a sit down restaurant. Yeah, they want to keep the magic alive. And uh, thank God, because as someone who likes to casually drink beer, not even to get drunk, uh, it's an impossible hobby to keep up while at a theme park. Because it's like every hour you're trying to spend $12 on a beer you don't really want. No, thank you. Uh, Epcot fixes that. Uh, Ep- and yeah. Hollywood Epcot. Studios to a lesser extent, because you want that blue milk. Yeah, you can try that blue milk if you if you want. But I thought the blue milk was good. I think it's we should get into fire. Hollywood Studios if we're talking about the blue milk. Let's do it. Hollywood Studios is the best park of all of the Disney properties. There I said it. Don't at me in the comments. Hollywood Studios is the best park for Galaxy's Edge and Fantasmic. And I don't know anything else that's really that great about it. Um, yeah, that's all you need, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, we went to Hollywood Studios. I was particularly interested because anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I'm a big Star Wars fan, uh, in that I hate everything about Star Wars, but I say that I like it. Uh, I'm a big old curmudgeon. Also, I do feel like I owe an apology to everyone listening to the podcast because there was a certain point some time ago. Let's frame this in a different light. Um, you are a Star Wars fan who became disillusioned with the franchise to the point where even though everyone in your life, your friends who care about you, told you that things were coming out that we think you would like, you could not bring yourself to watch them any longer. Yes, I have loved Star Wars all my life, uh, and that only abated... When the new movies came out, particularly the final one, which I don't remember the name of, but somehow Palpatine has returned. Uh, That really started to, I know, it's exhausting. It really started to wear on my goodwill. Of course, the Mandalorian season one was great, but then we started to see, based on the success of the Mandalorian, on the Disney Plus slate, all these additional shows, your Obi-Wan Kenobis, your Ahsokas, your et cetera, et cetera, your Book of Boba Fett. And really what killed it for me was Book of Boba Fett, which I don't think was even that bad of a show. Listen, I love Black Chrysanthemum as much as anyone else. Uh, But I thought the show was like, I, I don't think it was as bad as people say. I think it was like pretty inept and super lazy uh, but I didn't hate it for all the weird Gamergate reasons that people hated it. It just put a really bad taste in my mouth. So I did not watch Obi-Wan Kenobi or Andor. Yeah. And I, and that, I would like... Yeah. Hold on, don't apologize yet. Okay. We're still telling the narrative of this. So you felt yes. disillusioned by all of the extra things that were coming out, the how the series ended, and then... Your friends who love and care about you dragged you to Hollywood Studios and threw you into Star Wars place, uh, the Batu Black Spire outpost, and just let you run wild. And what happened, John? What happened at at the Black 
Spire Outpost for you specifically? I mean, I I could talk about pretty. <laughs> I could talk about everything in detail, but like, I can't overstate the feeling that I had walking through like the big tunnel and then turning the corner and seeing like everything that was in Black Spire Outpost. Yeah. Uh, because we were talking about the Disney sight lines before and how good they are. Uh, this park is completely closed off. You are totally transported when you walk through this tunnel. Uh, it is, I, I, I can't even talk about it almost without getting emotional. Uh, but it was perfect. Like the first, one of the first things you see that draws you into the park, life-size Millennium Falcon. Uh, and we were kind of on the move. So we had just done Star Tours and we were heading towards Rise of the Resistance. Uh, we got to Rise of the Resistance, probably the best ride ever. Uh, unseated the mummy in my mind. <laughs> uh, but that, it might just be primacy of recency, but Rise of the Resistance was like, I didn't know that I had it in me to enjoy seeing the trappings of the new trilogy because uh, Batu and the Black Spire Outpost are all themed after the events of the most recent three movies. I'm talking right. like, I don't know, 34 ABY plus. Right. Yeah. And I thought that seeing all that stuff would like, turn me off i would not be interested in it but man it was star wars it was done well rise of the resistance takes place entirely within the confines of the new trilogy and i loved it kylo ren's a great villain great design scary voice cool lightsaber what's not to like the first order troopers look cool <laughs> uh i rise of the resistance was great it, you get shot at by an ad at it's so weird to experience Rise of the Resistance and the rest of the Outpost in a post-Rise of Skywalker world because everything about those characters works in the park. They yeah. work. They're good. There's nothing, there's no sour note about them. And it's like, oh, it's because they weren't given good writing for two-thirds of that sequel trilogy to really live and breathe as characters, but here they are just doing the bare minimum of like, hey, we need your help, BB-8, you know, do do a good one. And then like Poe Dameron's like, yeah, we got your back. That's that's all you needed. That's, yeah, Ray, Finn, Poe, uh, Kylo Ren, all totally fine characters that I have no problem with. But there was like one okay movie that introduced them. Nothing wrong there. One phenomenal movie that had very good writing that used those characters to great effect, and one truly awful movie that's one of the worst movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and just totally soured me on those characters. But, like, I, in that park, I was able to remember the parts of me that enjoyed the new trilogy while it was happening. Yeah. Uh, and it, it reversed amazingly. A lot of the damage. And uh, by the way, the pre-ride experience in Rise of the Resistance is unbelievable. I mean... Like, uh, uh, only comparable to the pre-ride experience in Fast and Furious Supercharged. I love in every, like, themed ride. It's like, oh no, someone is coming to get you. We got to get you away. 
but Rise of the Resistance is the only ride where oh no, they failed to get you away. You oh, have so... been kidnapped oh. by the First Order. You are no longer in safe hands. That is That's... phenomenal and I love it. Oh my god. To to have the pre-ride experience, I don't want to spoil the whole ride, but who cares? Uh but like to have the experience of like, yes, you're you're jetting away with your not admiral akbar mon calamari pilot guy yeah and you get captured and you you're in a base and there are people walking around and there are a bunch of first order troopers and officers and and they razz you they razzed me big time for my footwear oh man the people in galaxy's edge loved to give me a hard time yeah, they're they're really great at it. Um, we won't focus on it. You get you just gotta go experience it yourself. Yeah, because it I, is a I, phenomenal. I, it's a phenomenal experience from from start to finish, and I just love that it subverts some of the tropes, like of like oh, you know, we gotta get away from the bad guys, and it's like oh, hey, you didn't, you didn't yeah. get away from the bad guy. Oh. You get put in prison. Uh it's it's the it's the best ride. Um, and then we got to do, uh, smugglers run. I think it's called with this incredible pre-ride walk through the actual millennium Falcon. Uh, and we had the perfect, okay. So people have discussed the smugglers run with me, which I don't know if that's the name of it. It is. Um, but they've discussed the smugglers run with me and everyone without question has said that the experience has been ruined for them by some snot-nosed little twerp and their parent. And when they say, who wants to be a pilot? The kid is always like, me. Uh, and then they sit in the pod. But we went with six people. It was the perfect number. It's six people to a pod. So we get to experience it entirely with friends, people who were competent at their jobs. We got like a pretty high score. We did well. Yeah, that was the most fun I ever had on that ride. Oh, so good. It only cost have knowing everybody else in the in the ride. It only it only required getting six adults in the <laughs> same place at great expense. Right. So if you if you meet that entry bar, then uh hell, yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Don't single rider smugglers run. Um that would be horrible. But yeah, it it, it just restored a lot of my faith. I bought a uh, or my wife bought for me a replica of Bail Organa's security details robe, which Bail Organa's my man. Uh, and that was cool. And it was just a great... Oh! I When do I get to the apology? Because there's so much to talk about from the content of the parks. Well, so all of these things, all of these moments, build up to just a renewed passion for the franchise for you and that has led you to this moment where um you're going to apologize to me specifically Uh, well you know i i don't know that i specifically remember you recommending i did i did constantly i did every every episode i i i I yeah, I definitely did read read the tapes back. I would officially like to apologize to anyone 
any and you're included in this if you did what you said you did um i swear i did i would like to apologize to anyone who recommended that i watch andor including you henry Thank uh you. i was a fucking idiot I knew. uh you know i didn't love mandalorian season two and i thought it was going to be like mandalorian season two kind of situation where everyone's like it's good i watch i'm like it's fine uh but no andor is like unbelievably good like at this point i have i have not finished andor but i i swear to god in my mind it's like empire strikes back the last jedi andor maybe (laughs) there's some other ones in there revenge of the sith is in there and new hope is yeah i'm just at andor is near the top like it's Every, yeah. it's the it's the best Star Wars stuff I've seen in a long, long time, and it's it's just a really good show too. Because like every three episodes, it is its own sort of like full movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's done by uh, I think Toby Gilroy, who did the first three Born movies, which are incredible films, and their DNA is all over uh, this show. It's like I. I mean, we don't have time to talk about everything that's good about Andor. It's an exceptional show. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you don't have Disney+, Plus, it's worth getting a free trial to watch Andor if you care about Star Wars at all. And this is the power of the parks. It took a franchise that it was dead to you, that you were never going to touch again, and it just revitalized your passion for it. And then, boom, here you are watching Andor finally at last. I mean, you know, we could say that somewhat facetiously, but not even kidding, that visit to the parks, like, really materially changed my relationship with and improved my relationship with a property that I've loved all my life. Like, it's it's crazy how much visiting the parks helped. Uh, that also separated me from a lot of my money. <laughs> a yeah. lot of my money. Everything there is very, very expensive. I it hope the exchange that. rates for credits was favorable. It wasn't that time. It definitely wasn't. But yeah, I mean, so this was our second time experiencing uh, the outpost, as it were. And we honestly were just we got to the park, we got to that section. And I was like, I don't need to go anywhere else and the park we could just stay here all day and then we basically did yeah there was a lot of stuff that i wanted that i think the group wanted to do around hollywood studios which i was fine to accompany them on but man let if i was left alone i would have been there from like 9 a.m to 9 p.m yeah on black spire outpost like everything there is like so perfectly themed the cast members are like so well trained and so good it's it's just it's perfect every shop has a different theme they have a language you speak and if you talk to people long enough you you realize you have to say well bartered for thank you <laughs> bright suns for hello during the day bright suns for hello the first Rise- order troopers raz you they do um rising moons if you say hello at night it's great it's it's just so good and of course uh there there is one singular experience that everyone who people who haven't even gone to the parks when i tell them that i went to disney 
the first question they ask, I don't even say I'm a Star Wars guy or I went to the Star Wars place. I say I went to Disney. They ask, did you make a lightsaber? Wow. And I have one. I have, I have, there's only one way I can answer that question. Is that a no? It's a yes. I built a lightsaber. Of course I built a lightsaber. It got booked as soon as possible. Um, it was great. Uh, you could ask me if I built a lightsaber. Oh, Henry, uh, did you happen to build a lightsaber? There we go. I also built a lightsaber. There's a, a very fun video our friend shot of us building our lightsabers. And uh, it is the moment. I don't even. There's a moment where you like ha- you see your lightsaber for the first time. And it's amazing. And I am choking back tears in that entire video. <laughs> it was it was very emotional for me. I believe our friends said uh, this is the happiest we've ever seen Henry look. <laughs> I mean, it's like oh okay, yeah. I, it was it was the happiest I had been in a long time. Could do without the Yoda stuff. That's what I said. I didn't need the Yoda thing. I thought it was cool enough just to build it from scrap parts and then. You know, have it work. That's cool enough for me. The Yoda thing, I guess, was a good touch. I don't know. Someone was telling me that parts of that experience are randomized. So the experiences are different. So maybe it's not Yoda every time. Maybe it's Ray. Maybe it's Ray being like, build your lightsaber. Is that what Ray sounds like? (laughs) Build your lightsaber. Build your lightsaber. Uh, we need you. We need you down at the box. <laughs> there was a very nice Australian man who came up to me because I, I wore that thing out. Uh, I bought a belt clip. I wore that lightsaber everywhere with my beautiful robe. And he was like, where'd you build your lightsaber? And I had to like explain to him that it was like a thing you had to sign up for. He looked crestfallen. And I was like, well, they have these things called character sabers that are like really similar and just as expensive uh, and just as heavy that you can actually buy in that shop over there. And I hope that Australian man bought a lightsaber. I hope he did too. Those character sabers are nice. Kind of want one. They are cool, but I do like having built my own and oh, making so... my own thing. It's so awesome. I I would have never spent that amount of money on it if it weren't an anniversary present. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's a disgusting other. amount of money. And uh, when when I showed up and they had the lightsabers on display, and they're like, "You have to pay for it ahead of time." They're like, "This is the price." I was like, "Haha, I've never swiped my card for something faster, but this is a stupid amount of money to pay for this." <laughs> I could buy food for a while, but here is my nice, heavy, shiny toy. But it's, you know, it's a roughly 30 minute long experience. And if you're at the parks, you're spending like a third of that on dinner for two anyway. So right. still stupid expensive. So happy. Carried it around. I've, now I've got a Halloween costume for the rest of my fucking life because I'm going to be a Jedi forever. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm glad it revitalized your... Your, your passion for the franchise so you can finally uh, take on Andor for all of its good... Are you going to kill me? <laughs> uh, I've got two episodes left of Andor. I, I'm so excited to finish it. Apparently there's a second season in the works. Second final uh, season, yeah. 
Good. There should only be two seasons of this. Yep. Uh, very smartly, the series gives itself an internal time limit. Yeah. I mean, it can't happen, but nothing can happen after. It's true. Rogue One. I, uh, yeah, no, Andor is truly great. Here is something we didn't have out, you and me, Henry. Uh-oh. What color lightsaber did you pick? A lot of children in that room picked red, and I went... I... I, I think children like, think Darth Vader is cool. I saw one red saber and I was like, well, I, I kill that kid on the spot, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you have to. I know, I know the 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 junkyard master kept saying, like, well, red doesn't necessarily mean evil, it could just mean like strength and power. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. And even then the, the junkyard master was like, We have we help all people, light side, dark side. I'm like, you wouldn't though. Yeah, you would like if this was if the, find the people who want a red light there, put them in a different room, put them in a different, <laughs> more evil room. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we, you can only choose from four colors. So I felt my hands tied. So I just let the colors speak to me and I picked one appropriately. And so I picked blue. Now, uh, why? It spoke to me. I mean, well, the first one spoke to you, but like all of your crystals were dead and all your like lightsabers were dead because they had to switch those out like 10 we times. We didn't talk about, we weren't going to bring it up. Uh, that was pretty, pretty awkward because they were on a time crunch and they clearly wanted to get you set up with something. And they're like, you know, it's just too powerful. They <laughs> kept, know, sometimes they kept bringing powerful. out more chassis <laughs> and putting the same crystal in and it wasn't working. Then he switched crystals and that didn't work either. <laughs> How did that not work? I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm not supposed to have a lightsaber, but it's too late, baby. I got one now. Uh, I chose green because Luke Skywalker. That was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, when I was a kid and I saw Return of the Jedi and the lightsaber was green now, my mind was blown. And I was like, if I ever had a lightsaber, eight-year-old me, if I ever had a lightsaber, it would be green. And the one that I have is green. I kind of wanted the white. I kind of wanted to be Citizen uh, Tano. Uh, offer, you, you orange buy, is cool. Yeah, you have to buy those colors for 50 more dollars. Oof. So I did not do that. I didn't. I was gonna look up if you could buy Kyber crystals online, <laughs> <laughs> buy secondhand. Right. I uh, I did unfortunately uh, start looking up lightsaber content. Started getting fed a lot of things on the algorithm that there are just like companies who make these exact same things that have been making them longer than Disney, and like the blades are pretty much exactly the same except they look better and they're more reactive uh oh uh and boy they're a lot cheaper than the ones we bought and uh -oh. i might i might start buying lightsabers uh good news to anybody who cares you can totally just go on amazon and buy the kyber crystals from galaxy's edge to put in your lightsaber hell they're yeah can much... you buy them scratch and dent they're much cheaper it says new Okay. It says new. I mean, I'm sure whatever factory in China is pumping those out is like, sure, I'll offload a thousand of these. Yeah, why not? You want these? Oh, you can also buy them from uh, the Disney store. I bet they're I imagine sold they're... out. Never mind. Okay. Kyber Crystal. Gal oh, they're much cheaper. Much cheaper. 
Wow. Ooh, and they have, ooh, I'm going to buy them all. Buy them all. Oh, so they don't have orange. So it's have yellow and white. I don't think they have orange as a color, right? Or do they just? I guess that was just Jedi Survivor. Age, age range kid. I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, but yes, building a lightsaber, most magical experience. I I don't know what to tell you. If you have the opportunity to do it, do. <laughs> What's amazing is we talked about the Fast and Furious ride and then Star Wars and nothing else about our vacation. It was a good time. I mean, I wasn't going to get into the personal details. I was just going to do high-level highlights of things that we've talked about before. So Star Wars and Fast and Furious. Yeah, that works for me. We also drank around the world, an activity that I can't recommend. We drank around the world, and coincidentally, I am not drinking tonight. Yeah, I, I have two diet Zevias, and uh, man, let me tell you, drinking around the world, at Country 3, it's so fun. So fun. Seems like seems like a party that could keep on going forever. At Country 4 of, what, 10? Yeah. At Country 4, you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel real bad and it's like 1 p.m it's, uh, it's rough i don't know that i'd recommend drinking around the world i didn't feel bad until after we had gotten home to the hotel and i laid down to go to bed because i was oh so sleepy and then my stomach just started rolling <laughs> yeah uh everybody in those two hotel rooms was throwing up uh don't drink around the world folks go to galaxy's edge i do want to very make very clear that no one in our hotel threw up no one no oh we did we did not we did not throw up we okay had Brag. upset tummies but I've only thrown up for drinking one time in my life. Okay. That, I mean, keep that train rolling. Don't throw up from drinking. Well, you might yeah. feel better. You I know feel like what? I'm going to take, Henry... I'm taking like a two week break from drinking. No, that is a, t- I drank I enough gonna... for the rest of February and then into March. I was going to get like a non-alcoholic Guinness. I'm like, even that feels like too much. Yeah, no, I drinking around the world was very much, very fun. And uh, the funny thing is, like, as we kept doing it, more so and more so, my wife kept saying, this is the only time we can do this. <laughs> it can only happen the one time. Yeah, was like, not you know, wrong. Not wrong. wrong. <laughs> it's the only time I'd ever want to do it. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, you got the whole experience of our trip. And, and what, what does this mean for everybody else? <laughs> What does this mean for the listeners? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for the listeners, it means follow your heart, build a lightsaber if you want to. Uh, and I'm sorry that we had the opportunity to go somewhere and spend a bunch of money and be silly. I don't know. I, I struggle with this vacation. It's hard for me to talk about yeah. without feeling some kind of shame for both enjoying something so consumerist and having the opportunity to do it but you know what fuck that i'm glad i did it and i'd do it again i'll do it next week you want to stop me come kill me (laughs) i'm also glad we did it i'm also glad we've never set up like some sort of patreon or anything so our our dear fans can rest assured 
It was just our money we spent. <laughs> yes, it was just our money we spent. And let me assure you, dear listener, if you're concerned, the podcast continues to be a money sink. Very bad, <laughs> very bad. At this, the time of uh, at the time of site hosting renewal time. Let me yeah. remind you, the podcast is not a money making venture, and no. none of your funds were misappropriated at Galaxy's Edge. Though, if we set up a Patreon and we get enough fans, maybe by next year I'll be rolling in that blue milk. <laughs> Uh, and this does bring up a good point. Should we, <laughs> uh huh, set up? No, I'm kidding. We're not Should we set up the blue milk tier? The blue milk tier of the Patreon. We would have to make extra content, and we've said before we don't have time in our schedules to do that. So let's not get people's hopes up. Let's just. Thank them for listening to us brag about our vacations and tell them how they can contact us. That sounds like a pretty good idea, Henry. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Oh, cool. Goody, goody for me. Another one of my things. Are you going to kill me? What, what is that noise? Oh, if you hit it on things, it goes cack, cack, cack. Oh, my gosh. Wait, hold on. You... Damn it, wait. What, what are you hitting? The floor. You're hitting it with such force. Okay, anyway. If you want to get in contact with us, please navigate over to Elon Musk's failingx.com and find us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I believe my good friend John knows what that stands for. That's right, Henry. That stands for It Doesn't Stop at Andor. I'm going to watch The Bad Batch 2 and Book of Boba Fett Season 2. I'm going to watch all of Book of Boba Fett and The Clone Wars and the Star Wars Christmas Special. I'm going to watch it all. I'm going to watch The Rise of Skywalker six times. You can skip Obi-Wan. If you want to get and contact us with us with a longer message you can email us at the new permanent email address and i say new but it's the old one that's right zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com gone is the days of the premium email service it's dead possibly forever probably forever uh, we're also on a number of podcast listening services including but not excluding all of the other ones we're on spotify we're on good pods we're on whatever podcast addict we're there anywhere you can think we are there i think i got an email that we're on a new one we're on yet another one because we can't control where we are we are just everywhere however you're listening to us we thank you for doing that and if there's a way to leave a rating or review on that service if we could if you could please kindly do that for us that would, we would greatly appreciate it um but the most important thing you can do is enjoy your life take as many vacations as you can take time off work just take time off work work is not important and it never will be it will never make your life full or or better it just lets you afford the things that we should be entitled to by being born on the planet 
Um, but go on vacation and meet vacation friends and tell them that, hey, we listen to this podcast. That's why we're here. That's why we're on vacation. We listen to this podcast. It's called Zero Credits. You should check it out. Tell your vacation friends about our podcast. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. That's right, Henry. I can only endorse one thing, and that's being passionate about the purpose for your work. And the purpose for your work always has been and always will be so you can enjoy your life. So you can be, buy a lightsaber. Oh. Yes. So you can that, buy a... You, everyone needs one. I'm going to buy a droid next time. Oh, hell yeah. Those droids look pretty cool. But for now... Mine seems much louder on the waveform. I'm not really putting mine close to the mic because I'm, like, I'm afraid I'm going to burn my microphone. Oh, goodbye. And from everyone here, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye. I forgot about the happy week part. yours on the floor make it make a cack sound my, no my floor is tile i don't want to break it oh don't break it hit it <laughs> hit yourself with it make it make a cack sound does, does it really make a sound henry do it <laughs> i'm hitting my arm and nothing is happening you really gotta whack it i want to whack my arm wait hold on well, it doesn't do it when you hit flesh. Oh, it did it! See? Oh my god. <laughs>